Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Tar? I am, because after all, we we are are the the Watchers of Movies. Anyway, how are you? Good. We are recording on a Friday night. Usually we record on Wednesday, but someone, me, had a migraine. They really sucked on Wednesday, so. Yeah, migraines are no joke. They are a bitch. They are the worst. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, So I watched two movies recently. I watched Dante's Peak. I don't know why. I hate natural disaster movies. Oh, I like that movie. The entire movie, I was super stressed out. That's with Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) That movie's fun. It was... um, it was, I just was like, I hate natural disaster. Like, I hate them. I avoid them like the plague. They really Doesn't stress me like out. It. Well, I didn't, I guess Sounds I didn't. like you don't avoid them. I guess I <laughs> didn't know that it was a natural disaster movie. Well, what did movie. you think it was? I just saw Dante's Peak in Pierce Brosnan and I turned it on. Oh, so you didn't like. I didn't like read. Yeah, it was like wow. one of those where I had, I had finished a movie, whatever movie I'd watched. Obviously, I don't rem- it wasn't. Interesting enough for me to remember. Um, or maybe it was the movie that I'm about to talk about next, but either way. And I saw it was like Pierce Brosnan, Dante's Peak, cool. Mountain, but I mean, turned the it movie on. started and pretty early on. You've got to figure out that it's a natural disaster movie, but you just kept watching. I it. just kept watching. Well, it was on in the background, and then as like <laughs> the more I started, I was like, oh no, this is really stressful. Yeah, and I was like, I hope these people live. Is that Linda Hamilton? Because I didn't mm-hmm. look that up. Okay. Yeah, it is. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. Yeah. I also saw a movie called In the Cut, which I think oh, yeah. I told you about, with, which is with Mark Ruffalo and Meg Ryan, and it was pretty sexy. Yeah? <laughs> it was like... I like I I was texting my friend Dana and I was like I've never seen Mark Ruffalo as like a sexual person but this movie made me think otherwise <laughs> I was really? like yes like like it was pretty hot I was really yeah I was pretty surprised um hmm. his character is not very likable though like almost immediately you don't like him but she's it's like about a like a serial killer and this this woman gets wrapped up meg ryan's character gets wrapped up in um working with this cop who's mark ruffalo and they Mm. end up like sleeping together a bunch of times but the entire movie i was like this guy's so fucking shady he's probably the killer blah 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 anyway i'm not gonna give this the ending away but um I kind of would recommend it. It was uh, especially especially our listeners out there. If you like Mark Ruffalo, I would really recommend this movie because you're going to be like, oh, oh, my gods. Oh, my various gods. This is something else. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, it oh. is. He's he's. Uh, so I w- there's a lot of sex scenes in mm-hmm. it. Yeah, oh. pretty graphic ones too. Really? Yeah, yeah. I would have wow. never put like Meg Ryan and Mark Ruffalo as like a couple, but they make it I work. I don't think I would pick either of them for graphic sex scenes. No, either. neither would I. But he was. Yeah, really? it was a little. Uh, it was. I was like, okay, all right, you okay, getting my fire going a little bit there. <laughs> I was like, what? Tingle in my bingle. Oh, <laughs> fire! I said, getting my fire going there. Fire going. Yeah, oh. it was. It was very. Um, it was very surprising. Really? I was. I because I've always just seen him as like such a sweet like character, and he was like just kind of a dick, but he was also really sexy at the same time. And I was like, I feel very confused right now, and also a little turned on. <laughs> Interesting. Mark me down as scared and horny. <laughs> 
anyway what's that from i i know it from something <laughs> snl that's right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i've seen the meme it's like bill Hader. i think it says it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 um yeah so that's pretty much it on my end um yeah yeah i watched the movie today um and i'm really excited to talk about it actually so oh well are you ready? Thanks to John, our <laughs> yes, listener John, to John yes. for recommending it. Yes. Also, John, I have to know, and please let us know, like, well, I don't know, wherever. Know. I have to know. Do you have a little thing for Naomi Merlant? Because she was in this movie, Portrait, and yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I noticed and that. I get it. If you do, she's really cute. But I'm curious about it, if you have one, because I saw she's that in both. when she was on, I was like, she has a very distinct, like, silhouette mm-hmm. and i was like i know that lady from something me and it too, took me, me just too. a couple minutes to like be like oh portrait of a lady on fire <laughs> me yeah. too. like i was watching it and i was like wait wait a second i'm like <gasps> and then i looked it up and i was like oh damn i was right that is her and so immediately i was like john what's going on you have a little thing for tell her? us tell us the story like, no inquiring minds totally get it she's want to know guy. yeah please let us know yeah you know? um but uh, did you you do you remember when I had sent you that? Um, <laughs> oh, hello! Oh, another country you heard from. Known. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> He's very cute and distracting. Um, what are you doing? Okay. Anyway, so um, I don't know if you remember this, but I sent you a song called Adagio by Leonard Bernstein, and you said that he looked like my dad. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, they mentioned him a lot in this movie. Yeah. They and do. I was like, yeah. hey, it's Leonard Bernstein. I don't know if there, there was like a certain part later where she was kind of talking about him, and I don't know if she was talking about that song, but if she was, I totally know what she's talking about because that song always makes me feel like just like emotional and like very it's a very like funerary song i guess you could say yeah, yeah. um i think after 9-11 it was played um when they did some sort of like ceremony or something or memorial oh. or something yeah so um there's kind of a lot of correlations to it being like um you know associated with death and Oh. And tragedy and stuff like that. So that makes sense. It's pretty intense. Yeah, it's a very intense song. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. I did notice they were talking about him, and I, um, for some reason, didn't realize he was a com- like a, a conductor. Yeah, because I, like, I always think of like Leonard Bernstein, like he's just a name in history that right. REM sings about. Oh, and so oh, I didn't realize that. Is that end of the world? As we know. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that he was mentioned in that. Um, Everything's mentioned in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like that song, We Didn't Start the Fire. There's like all those, like a bunch of stuff in that. And you're like, what, what, what's happening? What, what? Um, so yeah. I... Do you want to uh, give a synopsis? Yeah. So uh, Tar is a woman named Lydia Tar, and she is a composer, like a very, very well-known composer. And she is... An, a conductor. Conductor. Sorry. She's a conductor. Very well-known conductor. And she is on her way to per, to conduct Mahler's Fifth Symphony, right? Okay. Um, but there's something comes to light uh, about a previous... Um, colleague of hers i guess like a protege yeah protege yeah that commits suicide and um it pretty much starts to ruin her life 
kind of for like good reason. Um, but anyway, so that's pretty much what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Um, the first, I want to say like the first 20, 25 minutes, I was like, I like this world that we're exploring, but I feel like I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like trained in music. Like I was in band and I was in like a orchestra setting for years in school. And I still was like, this is almost too niche for like even someone who's musically trained, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then I started getting comfortable in that and I, I never didn't like it. Right. It just always felt like I was like on the outside looking in for like, it, or like when she was at, lunch with mark strong's character which took me a me while too, to because he, no. i've never seen him with hair that long it does <laughs> well, not his suit hair him looked, it does not suit him i mean it was the wig they chose was it's terrible yeah, not like good. it was which maybe awful. that's the point but yeah i think so so um that whole conversation i didn't i never hated it but i was just like oh my gosh it's like they're speaking a different language and and i think that that is cool but distracting at the same time you yeah. know yeah because i really like exploring lives and professions and just tiny groups of people in the world that i will probably never experience mm-hmm. and the movie is so classy like she lives in berlin and she just casually travels overseas all the time oh yeah she has like this in beautiful a home. private jet yeah too. she has she has two beautiful homes like a giant apartment with her wife and an adopted daughter and then uh, her own like flat in berlin and right and so and she's just like I don't know, she's very confident in herself and she's a very compelling character. And I didn't disagree with a lot of the things she said and a lot of her points of view I thought were very interesting. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like things come out. So she's not like a great person or anything, but, um, and we'll get into that. But the movie, I I, I found it quite enjoyable and I really liked the ending. Um, I thought it, I, I did not see it coming and it and it made me like chuckle. And uh, so I liked that about it. But um, yeah, I liked it overall. I, I think it's it's pretty good. What, yeah. do you, what did you think? Um, so I liked it. And I couldn't help but... Well, from the be- before I even turned it on, I was like, I feel like this movie's going to be about like whiplash, you know? And it wasn't too far different. <laughs> In fact, I was as I was watching the movie, I was like... Her and Fletcher deserve each other. <laughs> um, and uh, it was, um, I I think that I kind of felt the same way you did, like within the first, like the first 20 minutes, I was like, okay, there's a, there's a lot of like, just, first of all, she's coming off as a little like pretentious, like immediately, oh, you know, sure. yeah. big time, yeah, and arrogant um, and pretentious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she's like, <laughs> I know I'm the best. And it's like, okay. Uh, so, she didn't I didn't immediately like become endeared to her or anything like that which I think was probably the point because as time goes on I don't become more endeared to her in fact I become less so you know what I mean as time goes on I I like her less and less I kind of was the opposite like really I think there was I mean I don't like what she did Mm -hmm. I don't approve of what she did and I don't I don't want to hang out with her in real life and I but but in a movie where I'm safe just watching this movie about fake people and these fake situations, I kind of was like, I liked how confident she was in herself and how she was know, very confident. She just had this like, like arrogance to mm-hmm. her that was like, 
I don't know, kind of, um, I want to use the word seductive, but I was not, I was not turned on by it. I'm well, not, I'm just trying to clarify. I think you use seductive in different alluring, contexts. Alluring, maybe, like, because she's, she's, at any given moment, she has, like, 15 balls in the air that she's just trying to keep a secret from all the other balls she has yeah, in the air. Yeah, yeah, But she yeah. does it with the coolest, like, most calm grace. Right. And I think that it, it it was like an interesting trait. Like I said, I would never want to know somebody like that in real life or be involved in anything with them because I'm sure it's awful. But I I just grew to like really like her as a character despite her shittiness. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So I sent an article to you about this, and actually I have to get my phone. Where did I? Okay. So it's according to Slate.com. And what the person basically said is that this movie is kind of like a ghost story. And you can actually see uh, little, like, they have pictures in this. And you can see pictures of, like, uh, Krista, like, in the room with her. Really? Yeah, I'll show you. Because I noticed that, like, the design on like, the book. Like, see, she's right there. Oh, I was gonna actually going to bring that up. Like, that, was, then, that wasn't, like, secret. They kept showing yeah, they showed her multiple. And then there. Wait, what? Oh. Yeah, you can see her in the I corner see, there. see that? Oh, that's weird. It just looks like I didn't know it was a person. Yeah. Um. So, and, anyway, see, I, I did know, like, I noticed they kept showing her deliberately in that interview, like, the back of her head. You didn't know who it was at first, but then it became clear, you know? Yeah. That that was it. That was really, yeah. I mean, oh, there might be more. Hold on. Like, but, and then I noticed that, like, the metronome had the same design etched into it as yeah, the book. Yeah, yeah. That actually, um, like, occurred to me after I finished the movie. And it was one of those things where I was like, <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. It was like very sudden, and I was like, I was just doing something, and I was like, the metronome fits the button, <laughs> you know? Like I was yeah. like, what? And um, let's see, um, um, maybe not there. Well, they're talking about like when. Oh, I guess like when she was in that underground weird tunnel thing that also seems like there's like someone that they think is standing there. So this Even is just the dog, or. Or oh, that is the dog. Yeah. Okay. I um. I don't know. I I didn't read the article because I didn't want it to like taint my. Oh, here we go. Movie, so this one is also like you can see like a figure like when she's getting out of bed, you can see a figure like pause there. Oh, here. Yeah. So anyway, I think that what they're trying to say is that basically like she's being haunted by Krista, and while it's not meant to be. Um, a full-on like ghost story. There's still like a sense of like haunting with this person that you know. I mean, so Krista had killed herself, and we are finding out that like Tar had sent all these emails to people saying like, "Don't hire her." You know, she's um, she was just she was just saying like she's very strange. She's very blah blah blah, but. We as the audience never really found out what made her strange. I don't think. Well, or do you do you think maybe you have a different insight on that than I do? Yeah, I always. Well, I didn't think of it as a ghost story. I guess you could call it a ghost story, but in my head, I just thought like her guilt over what happened was sort of like eating her up. 
Yeah, I think so too. So I can yeah. understand. I mean, like that makes sense. Like calling it a ghost story, but not like a haunting ghost story. Like, right? It's not like she's a spirit wandering around, but but Tar is haunted by the guilt, and I assume she had feelings for her at some point because you're seeing the exact same situation almost play out with Olga. Right. So yeah, I think what happened was Tar forms like she i guess you, the kids are calling it she catches feelings for a product a protege like so yeah. she sees somebody who's talented and up and coming and she develops some sort of like crush on their talent right. i think and their charisma within their expertise and in this instance krista wanted to be a conductor it mm-hmm. sounds like yeah and so tar starts these whirlwind passionate affairs with them sort of like sexual favor affairs where she's she's married she has a wife right so i don't think she ever intends to like leave her family for them but she's just like sleeping well, we around never see like really we never see her and her wife really ever be very affectionate there's like mm-hmm. i think what maybe one point where they hugged and we it i don't was, think yeah, they like ever she was having like a kiss. panic attack or something yeah yeah so uh, but anyway so i think that um i think that krista couldn't quote unquote play the game i think krista thought what they had was real right and so she would continually contact francesco who was tar's uh assistant Mm -hmm. trying to get to tar and she would just frequently contact them and she was like slowly going mad and then tar just like blacklisted her with all the yeah that was really shitty of her to do that orchestras and groups and i i think it could be because uh, she just had this power and position and also like krista was like kind of obsessed with her in a way so it's like you know like you can sleep with i this listen i'm not trying to be insensitive i'm just trying to paint what i think the movie says is you know you sleep with 15 people and they all just go home and forget about you but you could sleep with 16 and that last person might be you know not able to just go home and forget about you you know and so i think that i figured that that's what it was like she kept calling it strange because krista didn't know that like no what we have here is not like we're not getting married we're not being in a relationship like i'm using you because i'm attracted to your talent she's basically lusting after their talent right for a time and then she gets sick of them because like anybody with a new toy you know oh yeah and i just think that krista didn't want to be a toy Krista well, I thought think what Tar is a total narcissist too, big time. Yeah, yeah. she. So I wanted to talk. I w- as we're just talking about, I wanted to mention the part where she's running, um, in like the wooded area, and she hears the woman screaming, and then like right after we found out that Krista had had killed herself, mm-hmm. so we never end up seeing this woman who's screaming, who sounds like she's being murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm. I was wondering if you thought that was something that was really happening, or if that was just in in Tar's head. Yeah, I thought it was maybe really happening. That's what I thought too. But then when I read that thing, that article, yeah. I was like. Well, maybe it wasn't real. Like, maybe she was imagining a lot of these things or she was just, as you said, like, her guilt was, like, compounding on uh, these other stressors that she's having in her life. Because later, Sharon, who I wanted to kept, I kept wanting to call Agatha the entire movie. I was like, I'm sorry, she does not look like a Sharon. She looks like either an Amanda or an Agatha. Either way, it starts with an A. (laughs) 
Wow. Yeah. You heard <laughs> so, it here first. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Uh, so, you know, later Sharon takes uh, the little girl, which who's Petra? Petra, yeah. So she takes the little girl and she's like, very obviously like no you cannot see her anymore like you don't hear her say that but the body language is evident that um this relationship she has that tar has with sharon is pretty much dead uh i mean there's so i totally forgot where i was going <laughs> i totally like well, faced out I think that that everything that happened was real mm-hmm. but her guilt sort of amplified it so yeah. she might have heard well, that's a woman what I was screaming. Saying. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. It was compounding on this additional stress, additional stress, and creating some like um like some sort of like um almost like an anxiety audio, attack. Yeah, yeah, like audio like hallucination or something like that. You know, because like, I've had little them. noises, I've had audio hallucinations. They're weird. You little know? noises, little noises like that she would never notice before like the refrigerator humming yeah like really noticeable and and things like that yeah and then the metronome goes off and she thinks it's petra and but petra's like i wasn't in your study so that's also something that the 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 slate article had pointed out that it was like maybe krista's spirit or ghost or something i mean i don't i don't really put a lot of like I guess emphasis on it being a ghost or spirit as much as it's just like again like a manifestation of her guilt Mm -hmm. you know um so so i mean so she so like let's let's go back like to the beginning so she won an egot which is extraordinary and also i had no idea that audrey hepburn had also won an egot which is really cool i learned that as well recently yeah. yeah but i think one of them was posthumously Oh, okay. Um, so she and I think um, I think uh, Whoopi Goldberg also has one. Because yeah. I remember there's an episode of Thirty Rock where Tracy wants to get an egot. <laughs> He's egotting, <laughs> and uh, he tries to steal Whoopi Goldberg's. <laughs> like wow. she has like a necklace, like, like an egot necklace, and she's like, "No, you get out of here, boy." Um, so. So I could see why these protégés of hers are so, um, you know, enraptured with her, especially Krista, because I mean, this woman's she's won an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony, and that's insane. That's insane. Like that is truly something that so few people are ever going to be able to say in their life. Uh, Even even winning just an an Oscar. Even winning just an Oscar. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio tried forever, and then they finally gave it to him because of The Revenant. I never watched that movie, but I know about the story, and I just feel like he shouldn't have played that character. Anyway. (laughs) So, um, I... So... I was I was also wondering if you thought that maybe her and Francesca had a relationship, like a romantic well, one. Well, it sounded to me like there was some sort of throuple situation with Krista, Francesca, and Tar. Oh. Because when Francesca comes to tell her that Krista has killed herself, Francesca says like... Oh, she's crying a lot. I just yeah. want someone to hold me. And Tar is like, this isn't the time. So it sounds like they've been physically intimate in some way before. Right. And bless you i'm sorry i went to lush before this and i think my nose is just like full of their <laughs> dust like lush dust at least it's good smelling yeah. dust. <laughs> and um anyway and then and then in that conversation francesca's like 
reminiscing about some trip that the three of them took together mm-hmm. and Tara's like no we cannot think about her anymore delete all the emails delete everything about her we don't think about her anymore so and then Francesca is always sort of like like gazing at Tar mm-hmm. and like when she came to her hotel room and she was trying on clothes Francesca was like you never gained weight like very like just intimate conversation so i think that they in my mind they've definitely had sex yeah at least once if not multiple times but francesca sort of was able to play the game enough to like maybe even get a promotion if krista hadn't killed herself because right you know of everything that happened after that but i think that they had some kind of relationship i think so too um because i wrote down that she seems to resent her um and i mean just the way she seems to resent no francesca seems to resent tar it just seems like there's i don't think tar cared about really anyone outside of herself you know she's a narcissist so i i mean the whole like wanting to have francesca delete all the emails that she had on her computer and which she at one point like tricks francesca into like lending her her computer and then checks to see if those emails are still there. So, you know, she's, I mean, she's very manipulative. Um, I, I also wrote down that, first of all, Bach had 20 kids <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so many. Why? Like, you, either there's like a lot, like, I have to just put my feelings aside about that because that was, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so there's that, a scene where Tar is talking to Max in the beginning and he was saying that he doesn't like listening to Bach because of his legacy um, and something about being like a straight, he's like a straight white man. He doesn't want to like listen to his work and Tar says something that, um, she like she really kind of starts like insulting him and there's a video later that comes out but when again the slate article one of the things that they said is that like it doesn't seem like anyone ever actually has a camera out because isn't it well yeah like like, like who's always somebody that's always like texting somebody's always I don't yeah, know if you noticed. Yeah. They never explain who that is, like who the person is who's holding the phone. That's, right, and she's like, like videotaping doing a weird and video texting, texting yeah. videotape thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I kind of assumed it was Francesca, but then it was like, well, who's she talking to on the other end? You know, right? And part of me was like, well, maybe initially. Well, it was Krista, and I thought thought maybe it was Olga. No, I thought it was Krista initially. I thought it was Francesca texting Krista initially. Mm -hmm. Me too. And then at the book reading, I think, you see somebody doing the same thing. And I thought it was Francesca still texting Krista, because if I remember correctly, I don't think there was any replies at that point. But she was, like, still texting her. Right. Like, you know, like, her own, like, coping mechanism almost. So I thought it was Francesca but yeah we don't i mean we never find out but there's kind of like first of all i was like what kind of app is that that's kind of a cool app you yeah know? you can text over like yeah. a video that you're recording yeah, yeah like i was like that's neat and it like is streaming it to the other person which mm-hmm. i don't know if that's actually a thing but that sounds like technology that's probably going to come out within the next couple of years if it is um but so he so yeah so max was saying that he has criteria about not being interested in listening to straight white composers. Oh, I gotta switch. Okay, and 
Um, at one point, she says to him, don't be so eager to be offended and that his media or his personality is based on social media. Um, and it, and I wrote down that it kind of reminds me of like people on Tumblr, like when I was on Tumblr years and years ago, because I had to stop going on because it was so toxic after a while, that are like easily offended by just like everything, you know, and I was thinking maybe um, like Max is kind of that type of person. I, I also feel that he's valid in his own beliefs just because he has them and that's fine, you know, but I can also see where she was coming from where she's like, well... Despite who Bach was in his life, his music is still really beautiful, you know, and, and and how you feel about him as a person should transcend or or like his music and his his um contribution to music should transcend how you feel about Bach and he and she had mentioned like Beethoven too who was also known as being very problematic. I'm pretty sure he was like abusive to a nephew of his that he had um and I don't really know a lot about Beethoven, but either way, like these, you know, these men are, have these incredible, incredible music and incredible, you know, um, again, contributions to music and stuff like that. So, so, but then this, this video that came out later really made it just kind of, it was like skewed and edited and it looked like it was from a bunch of different people's point of views and it very much sounded like she was like just being kind of racist towards him you know because he he looked like he was like a mixed race kid um and i don't know i i mean it i thought that that part was interesting that they had brought that on later and that's kind of why i'm like wondering like how much like how much towards the end was this in like this really happening and how much of it was in her head. You know what I mean? And I think, actually, I don't think I have anything else to say about that. So. Well, I will say this. <laughs> okay. I think it really happened. Um, I've seen plenty of people using cell phones in electronic free zones. So I don't think that that stops anyone, especially young people from recording. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I thought that that I really liked that scene because that me too. I really wanted her to hand that kid his ass on the platter because he (laughs) really sure did. He really bothered me. And I think that he's supposed to bother you because I, I think that it's a it's a very interesting insight or uh what's the word um like a thesis on cancel culture and how yeah honestly everybody is offended about everything and yeah, that's, that's one of the that's reasons the article talks about why like, i stopped using tiktok because mm-hmm. I, I feel like i just don't have the energy to be outraged about everything every single yep. day it drives me insane like yep. and, and i think like when i was watching that scene i was like i hope she offends him because he deserves it and and i know that that sounds cruel and i think that everyone is entitled to their own opinion but i can't stand it when somebody's like well Bach had 20 kids so he's just like he's not worth anything and it's like what are you talking yeah. about like, just having children that was his crime is being white i'm sorry but he can't help that yeah like, and he can't help having the children of his birth. having children i mean he, he when was he alive like the 1700s uh, yeah what, I think do you so. think his wife should be wearing like the nuva ring or something i don't know what's that birth control yeah yeah i don't yeah, know I think new, like are ring. you suggesting yeah. like i'm not saying that i agree with 20 kids but using that as criteria well, for it might have not just been one woman either it could have been I multiple yeah. women i'm just I'm saying assuming it was like, multiple women but i'm saying that 
he made me properly outraged and i think he was supposed to it's well it's like that when we did rebecca and that one woman had posted on the instagram and was like take this down he's you know he's an, an awful person i was like i get what you're saying and then you had said later like if we didn't do any movies that had no sort of terrible person and then we would never have any movies to do i mean like we would never we couldn't be friends with anybody we couldn't talk to anybody yeah everyone is terrible i'm just gonna tell everyone listen to samantha everyone is terrible everyone is terrible and nothing matters (laughs) just start getting used to it and anyway so i really like just the fucking worst (laughs) i just sometimes i find like cancel culture so exhausting yeah and it's it's just it's it's just a rehash every single week somebody does something that's the internet doesn't like or whatever so i liked that her speech was like her speech to him was so grounded and wise and it's not like she's saying like oh yeah bach was a murdering rapist asshole but he's okay she was saying like he's white and he had 20 kids his music is beautiful right and when and she looked at him and she's like i'm looking at you and you know that every orchestra you conduct they're going to be looking at music but they're also going to be rating you and so how do you want them to rate you do they do you want them to rate you because you're mixed race or do you want them to rate you because you're a good conductor and i thought that that i thought and then she also talked about like this like discrepancy with i can't remember the there was a composer or a conductor who said like really anti-semitic things that people just don't you know she was like somebody called like jews like she was talking about how he insulted jewish people now and and so there's like there's not even like consistency in the outrage like right. people let one thing slide but are cool with another so that's another reason <laughs> like it, it infuriates me no i me. mean it's it's like yeah i think well and as i mentioned that slate article but that that mentions a lot that it's like is this a movie about cancel culture you know so and i think that that is a strong aspect of this film that there is kind of like a touching upon about cancel culture whether or not this is actually about cancel culture which i don't really agree with that it is you know i don't really necessarily think it is i think it's just a it's a a movie about a woman who's just not a very good person you know that's what i think the the interesting juxtaposition of the movie is she herself gets canceled for actual indiscretions yeah well and, and so people how, like the reason she got canceled was legitimate like yeah, totally definitely like, she legitimately should have lost her position because she was using it to manipulate yeah people under her and um so i thought it was interesting that the thing that she's so wisely talking about like don't be so quick to judge people don't be so quick to do this like the whole time she's living this lie where she's like actually doing something wrong and then it happens to her so right. i thought that that right. was interesting it, br- it brings me back to and I've, I've talked about this before maybe not on here but i've talked about this in real life that the cancel culture thing is that i have to in my mind i have to separate the man the person the whatever from the movie tv show whatever mm-hmm. because one of my favorite actors, regardless of what he's done, is still Kevin Spacey. He still has talent, yeah. even if he's a shitty person. Yeah, like, and yeah. My, my one of my all-time favorite movies is still American Beauty. That's not going to change. It's been my favorite since I was a fucking teenager. Like, mm-hmm. I'm 36, damn it. That's not changing anytime soon. So, it's just like... 
I, I totally understand what you mean, like cancel culture. Like I've talked about, I've talked to you about before about how like on Tumblr, as I've said before, um, there was like that one gift set that was going around of um, <laughs> Paul from... Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and he was saying to Holly Golightly, like, I, I love you. You belong to me. And yeah. all these people were getting offended, and I was like, did you see the fucking movie? Because that's not what he's... He's not saying, I own you. He's saying, I love you, and we belong yeah. to each no, other. Exactly. Like, and it's yeah. like, if you watch the movie in context, you wouldn't be offended. What you should be offended by is the fact that they chose a white <laughs> man Rooney. and had a very, very stereotypical, offensive portrayal of a Japanese man played by a white man. So, <laughs> you know, like, if you're going to yeah. pick and choose your battles, maybe you should choose the one that's a good battle offensive. to choose yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's you know versus like you're getting offended by this but i'm like there are bigger problems in the world sweetheart like outside your fucking door you know like come on <laughs> and, and so i um <laughs> i ah ah <laughs> i got attacked bear is very playful tonight. Cat. Um, he's just a he's a tiger he's a house tiger i i liked how she said to the kid max she said you know like when you're conducting something, you have to... It's not about you. Yeah. Like, you are a conduit, basically. Like, you are... You have to let go of yourself. And you are basically, like, working in partnership with this other artist to bring their art mm-hmm. to life with, like, maybe a slight interpretation from you. But most of it is, like, not you. And you're just sort of, like, a vessel. And right. I thought... Like, that's why I really liked everything she said to him because I thought, like... She wasn't just saying, like, she wasn't just being the dude and saying, like, well, that's just, like, your opinion, man. She was actually backing it up right, right. with concrete, very sound logic that um, I think it, it I like, I don't think she was even insulting him necessarily more. She, she was, but I think it was in the spirit of, like, let me break through the surface of just, like, modern day outrage that you gotta just slough off right yeah so yeah yeah i mean you know the thing is that at at some point like no one's perfect you know and i'm not saying that what kevin spacey did is okay i'm not excusing anything any sort of behavior like that but having 20 kids in the i mean in the in the long run in the in total you know history of the world part two um <laughs> you know like i still haven't watched that i'm waiting for the second part to come out um i'm a little nervous but i'm excited at the same time but mostly nervous uh there's it, it's it doesn't fucking matter how many kids he had right it doesn't fucking matter you know what matters like his music because it, by the way um i don't know if i told you this but i was on the top one percent of bach listeners last year oh yeah you did you sent me that yeah <laughs> but only be- not because i was listening but because it was my ring to or my um alarm clock sounds every time i'd wake up and i'd be like ah good morning um it was it was nice and then yeah. it changed to a it was like some really like light pretty song and then it changed to it's like Tokata something, which is like a very like abrupt sound where you're like, okay, I'm awake. <laughs> Turn it off, jeez. But now it's Cat Stevens. It's um um Morning Has Broken. Oh. Topical. <laughs> yeah. I did not realize that that was a hymn. I always thought that that was just a Cat Stevens song. And then I was in Oh, is it? I was at like a I was at church for some reason. I was at mass for whatever reason. Whenever I occasionally, not occasionally, rarely go. Um, 
<laughs> I I was like, what the fuck? They're see they're singing a Steven a Cat Stevens song. Wait, this isn't a Cat Stevens song. This is a hymn. So he who wrote it? Took I. No idea. Huh? Not him though. Really? Not him. Him didn't write the hymn. Oh no. <laughs> so. Yeah, anyway, I thought that was interesting, but I was like, but I thought that was was kind of a nice song to wake up to, because it's a very pretty song. But It is a pretty song. It's got a nice piano. Yeah. So I want to say, real quick, so when they were, uh, they were auditioning musicians, you know that, I don't know if you knew this, but you know that they audition behind a divider so that there's no gender bias when they're hiring? I figured it out while I was watching the movie, but I didn't know that that was like a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. I, I read it like a long time ago, and I thought that was kind of interesting because it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean except, it makes sense, except for if you're gonna wear heels. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe don't wear heels. Maybe just wear like. I mean, Olga pissed so aggressively that she could have been. Uh, <laughs> she could have had a penis. I. Uh, I. <laughs> I liked Olga because she did everything aggressively. She urinated <laughs> aggressively. She ordered and ate food aggressively. Yeah, she did. She uh, like came into Tar's apartment all wet from being in the rain. It was just like, do you have a towel? I know, I know. <laughs> she took over, tried to play the piano. You know, like, she was she like was, so likable too. At the yeah, same time, and, though, yeah. Tar was like when they went to New York. I, I think Tar just had this like vision of like I'm going to seduce her because right. I can be somebody who can give her things that she wants. But I'm like Olga doesn't need anything from you because Tar right. was like, well, should we meet down in the? Should we meet for dinner in 30 minutes? And Olga's like, I'm tired. I'm sleeping. And, and then, then like, Tar sees she's her leaving in like out. a dress. To get, and I like how like olga's like flirting with a guy at tar's book reading so everything is just like i know working out how she wanted because tar thinks that tar is this like vision in her mind that olga's gonna be some like like oh thank you for giving me all this attention you're you're a conductor and this is what i've always wanted but instead she's just like um i'm living my life and you may be part of it but (laughs) not in the way that you want so bye and Um, it was like hell yeah yeah i i liked her too you're right it was very what'd you say aggressive she aggressively yeah i liked it so we mentioned the the houses that she has, and I have to say, I hated Sharon's apartment. I thought it was super fucking ugly. It was a cement box, and I hated it. It was very Bauhaus. Well, actually, I don't know. Is Bauhaus <laughs> cement? I just know it's German, but yeah. I I don't know. Is but Berlin like is Berlin like Detroit or something? Because I watched Berlin Syndrome, and now this movie. And there was just, it seemed like, like <laughs> Olga lived in an abandoned building. I don't know where Olga I lived. I don't, I'm not even convinced that she actually lived there. Like, that, yeah, that's what like, making, Was she just using it to pass through or something? That's what I, I know, because I was like, when they pull up and she drops Olga off, I was like, okay, so Olga's house is terrifying. That's cool. Yeah. Looks like a liter, like a crack house. It like, does. It looks like somewhere, yeah. a bunch of people that do not have homes are going to be, you know, yeah. like living. They're not going to be thrown thriving but they'll be living at least you know like i mean it just Mm -hmm. it was like abandoned and it was boarded up and there was just um what's that flooding Um, in the bait and like the downstairs what's a spray paint thing called tagging graffiti graffiti yeah (laughs) i totally forgot I like what was it binoculars is some word that I've been like having a hard time remembering lately. So I'm like, you know, it's like the thing, and I'll like hold up my hands like like I'm holding binoculars. Why are you talking about binoculars so much? I just I don't I don't know. I I have a pair over there, and sometimes I like to watch my neighbors. Just kidding, I can't see anyone's wooded area, but. 
kind of cool to watch some deer sometimes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's like a family of deer as I saw outside. Oh, and I was like, no, oh, sometimes you could see little babies. <laughs> not, they're not like little, little. They're like. I know a deer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're like slightly larger babies <laughs> yeah you can tell that they're babies and they're they so got cute the spots yeah but yeah so sharon's ap- I, I agree that sharon's apartment was kind of cold yeah it was very i mean i think it fit i don't i don't like i'm not this is not meant to be this is gonna sound bad but it's not meant to be like necessarily bad but i felt like it kind of fit sharon's personality like just mm-hmm. kind of this like stoic yeah cold very german yeah very i mean sharon was I got the impression that Sharon was a very observant individual. Oh my god! Yeah, like she was like, like she caught on to everything. She was like, whenever she was watching Tar, she knew exactly what was going on, and I think that she made the right decision in taking Petra away from her. And I, I mean, even like, like Petra's supposed to be Tar's kid, but I really just never felt. A motherly well, she, daughter. She called herself Petra's father. Oh, that yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she did. I think Sharon was the mother role and Tar was the father role. Right, right. And um, but it just didn't seem like I. I almost like kept forgetting that Petra was her kid, and kept thinking maybe like a niece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just how mm-hmm. she was. Like she comes around. Um, you know, gives presents, hold her foot while she's sleeping, which I thought was super cute. Yeah. <laughs> like when she's like when she's like screaming. Well, like after Tar gets uh, attacked by the man at Olga's super shady. She didn't house. get attacked. She fell. She said that she got attacked though. Well, I think she said she got attacked, but she fell. She just fell. Okay. Because she was running um, and she tripped. Remember? Right. Yeah. I think I she know, f- but then, tripped and yeah. like landed on her face. I don't think okay. she was attacked, but I think that's better than saying. I was exploring an abandoned building and a dog was running after me and I tripped on the stairs. Yeah, I could, yeah. It's easier to just be like, I was mugged. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. I broke my ankle in a really lame way and I always like to say, oh, I broke it driving my Ferrari. <laughs> Too fast. Just kidding. I never say that. I usually tell people how it happened and it's just super lame. But anyway. Oh, so I wrote this down because I thought this was really interesting and I was also like, oh my gosh, does this apply to me? So, um, Schopenhauer has the correlation of sensitivity to sound and intelligence and i was like what is that i must be very smart because what i you, am very sensitive to what you just what you just said sounded like straight gibberish you have to you, you have, have to, to elaborate it. schopenhauer what is that a person who i think a scientist she mentions it tar mentions it in the movie okay she says schopenhauer had a correlation of sensitivity to sound and intelligence. Oh, okay. And I said, well, I must be very intelligent then because I have a lot of sensitivity to sound. You say that, except when I come in here, I feel like I'm walking into an industrial manufacturing plant. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you do have a sensitivity to sound. The thing is that um, silence is also a sound, if that makes sense. Whoa! I know, I know that. It, like, it's that, I know that. Song. Whoa! <laughs> You're like, you are blowing my mind right now. Um, <laughs> what? What are you? Whoa! T- Whoa! <laughs> so, silence is a sound, which I know sounds weird, because silence is the absence of sound. But that in of itself is a sound to me. If that makes sense, does that? You're looking at me like well, I'm crazy. I don't think silence actually exists. 
because we live in a loud world that's true yeah and our ears make noise like right so like so i i know what you mean i'm just good at yeah i'm I'm being i know you're sarcastic (laughs) but i think you're what you're saying makes sense right so yeah like it's um you know like i had that neighbor years and years ago that would play the really loud music Mm -hmm. so now every time i hear a like a car going by that's playing really loud music i get super anxious like at, like it's like almost like a really la- like a you really need to try like hypnosis or something it's that's, well it's not like so anxious that i'm like destroying my life or anything it's just a it's just an anxiety I mean, sense of like ugh, like a dread it's terrible it sucks that sounds, that's still <sighs> i still think that sounds uh like you need to send him your doctor bills <laughs> I'm gonna go out there. That's such shitty. He had, it was such shitty behavior. Oh my for him god! To do that. I know. And then, like, and then I went over there, and I shouldn't have done that. But oh well. They were having a cologne party. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh like a gosh. bunch of it's like fifteen half naked dudes, and it's half stunk. They yes, were they naked. were all shirtless. I was like, oh "Why? Gosh. Please I know why. take me away from here." And you know where I live now. <laughs> anyway, nothing ever happened, so okay, and he left. So, um. But man, was I a Karen about that. I complained so many times. Well, I don't think that that constitutes being a Karen. You're because right. Because I was waking up in the middle of the terrible night. Terrible behavior. Yeah. Like he was listening to loud music all night long. Like yeah. that's not, you don't do that. Well, and I had like two industrial sized fans fucking on. And, and I, I could can still vouch hear that the you bass. probably did. I did. I <laughs> and, absolutely uh, did. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, bro, <laughs> you don't turn off your music. I'm going to kill you. Okay. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Turn it off. <laughs> like, it's, you know? That's terrible behavior. Oh, you shouldn't. Awful. You can't do that in an apartment complex. You shouldn't it's even do so that in rude. a neighborhood. But no, it's so rude. in an apartment it's... complex. Complex, especially. So I don't think that there's anything Karen about being like. Uh, can I get a few hours peace while I'm sleeping like a normal yeah. person? No, literally five in the morning, and I would hear the bass through the that's wall. It was up. so like that's probably a hard person <sighs> to be around because I can't imagine like hanging out with somebody who just has to have, have music I know. like that well, on, like, you, like, how can loud? you even hear each other talk you can't well it sounds like if they were all shirtless <laughs> with cologne on they weren't doing much talking <laughs> no just a lot of sniffing they were <laughs> a lot of what sniffing sniffing cologne oh yes i don't know how they could smell anything since the entire (laughs) carpet was soaked in it um okay so i think you said something that i want to expand on Mm -hmm. and you talked about sharon being observant Mm -hmm. and that was an aspect of the movie that i really liked me too i liked that sharon probably knew about all of the things Tar oh, was I doing. I assume that she I did. Think Sharon, yeah. yeah, like she yeah. knew that Tar had a bunch of sexual partners, a bunch yeah. of proteges that she beds. That's and kind of why I assume she wasn't like affectionate or physical with yeah, her. Because like, I think it became like, like I don't a, think I would want to either. I'd be like, you're kind of grossing me out. Like you're with other people, and like yeah, like and in, I, you I know, think, like we, whoever wants to have that kind of lifestyle, that's fine. But for me, that would be like a major like I'd be like I'd be like bummed out by it. I'd be grossed out by well, it. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I like she obviously isn't. It's not a situation where we ever see them being like, yeah, it's an open relationship. It's a situation where Tar is a narcissist. Mm-hmm. She uses her position and her power to prey on younger people who she is attracted to young women you know yeah. young women yeah not yeah. like she not, says she's, she's a, a lesbian u-haul lesbian i think yeah. she calls herself at one point which i don't, I know, don't know what that means <laughs> but anyway so um i think that sharon and her have this like tenuous agreement where it's like 
I know what you do when you're... Because Tar is, like, traveling a lot, and she has her own, like, apartment that she, like, works in. Mm-hmm. And I think that Sharon maybe isn't happy about it, but she's come to, to terms with the fact that, like, on the surface, we pretend that we have a successful marriage, but I know that you are sleeping around. Right. And I know that you pick up people and you throw them away as soon as you get tired of them. But I think when it started happening with Olga, I think what really was the straw that broke the camel's back was that it was happening right in front of Sharon. So she was like, well, yeah, I mean, she was first like chair violin, which yeah. is like Tar says in the beginning of the movie, in the interview that like the first chair violin used to be the timekeeper for an orchestra. Mm-hmm. And then it, it sort of like, went on the shoulders of a conductor yeah and so well, then there's like, that other celloist that was her friend too mm-hmm. um what was her name again she was like like the the one that's actually part of the the berlin philharmonic yeah she was like a member and they had olga come in what as like to fill in a position but not as a permanent member yeah i i can't was i think it started with an m um Goja. Okay, so now I'm starting with an M. Goja. <laughs> so so mm. I think that Sharon watching in real time Tar just get crazy with a crush on, on somebody new mm-hmm. and shiny and talented would be heartbreaking. Like you wouldn't wanna you would you don't wanna see it. Like yeah. it's one thing if like if if your partner is cheating on you behind closed doors, you can kind of almost in denial pretend that they aren't mm-hmm. but when it's right in front of your face like that's heartbreaking and that's so hard to watch yeah and, and she didn't even try to hide it like she was it was like she was she was shameless about it like yeah. she so she went out to dinner with olga and olga talked about that via her cello concerto or whatever it's, it is and and then like the next I have day to say, real quick tar ordered a cucumber salad and she and uh olga ordered like veal and something yeah. and i was like damn that veal looks good <laughs> yeah she <laughs> was, was like, dipping in like a tzatziki sauce I, or something I, was like, I don't know I, I was like why would you choose a cucumber you can make a cucumber damn salad at home you can't yeah. make a delicious veal meal at home i mean veal you probably meal. could veal yeah. meal veal meal yeah um i don't know i was uh i was feeling that dish though i was like it looks yeah, tasty. That would have been what I would have ordered. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there I was uh, eating my stupid little bagels with, <laughs> like, what would I have, like, hummus on them and, like, cheese and, <laughs> and meat? They were actually not that bad, but, you know. Wait, what? In real life? Are yeah, you I was the eating. Movie? Yes, I was eating. Oh, I was eating okay. those, and oh. I was like, I was like, I want the veal meal instead. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> and so maybe some mashed potatoes, because that sounds really good right now she, for some reason. <laughs> she chooses Mashed potatoes always sound good. I love mashed potatoes. She chooses this uh, cello piece mm-hmm. that Olga talked about at dinner. And I liked how at the dinner conversation, Tar said to Olga, like, oh, that piece is the piece that made you want to be a cellist. So, what... Um, what album did you listen to it on? And the girl was like, album. I watched it on YouTube. And so I like that there's like a <laughs> like a generational juxtaposition happening yeah. where like Tar is almost becoming uh, like obsolete mm-hmm. in a way. Um, it re- like, like it or not, but uh, 
the youth culture and the next generation is like a bulldozer and it doesn't matter how important you think some things are they're just gonna obliterate them because they're the new generation you know yeah i mean and And our generation because i'm kind of considering olga and our millennial generation you know i mean we're a little older than her but like olga was like 20 and i'm 38 so i do not think we're in the same generation no matter how i feel (laughs) i know i may feel like i'm in my 20s i feel 20 yeah but um, i don't think we have much no in you're right with i Olga. don't i think yeah i mean it's like meeting I mean, for one she lives in like an abandoned heroin True, house yeah and i would um never live there because i i have the fear of god in my life and i know <laughs> that i don't want to get murdered by some rando person who's like a tweaker i need some crack <laughs> i'm like i don't have any i'm sorry <laughs> i'll go get you some and then never come back. Mm, See, that's perfect. Tell them you're gonna go get some, but then you never return. That's the truth. Don't tell them your name. Tell them a different name. There you go. Problem solved. So Olga, that's how I got out of many crack oh, houses. Oh, Olga and Max are like the same generation. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. For, and yeah. Uh, the only difference is Olga is you know a cellist, and she's you know so she's it's just but it's like tar dealing with these two gener like these two people of a generation that she's even further removed from like i would guess she's probably like in her 50s yeah yeah and 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 so like she even though the two of them are like very different people uh, olga and max tar can never quite break the surface with either of them right it's it's interesting yeah i wonder if maybe the reason olga wasn't E- like either was Olga not interested in her because well I guess it could have been a number of reasons she could have not been gay yeah well, she could I think they made a deliberate attempt to show her flirting with a guy oh yeah that's so true. I don't that's right th- I think she was, she like, was showing not in the video. gay yeah yeah that's right yeah um either way she wasn't she wasn't picking up what tar was putting down is <laughs> no, what's going on she was like all. nah she's like i'm gonna go out and party and dance and you can sit in your little hotel room and be super depressing or whatever yeah. uh and oh that was another thing when she got the the solo role mm-hmm. she was like running through the hall like whooping and like <laughs> hollering like very different than any oh, other yeah, yeah. I anyway know. keep yeah. going um well no that i don't really uh i don't really have anything else to say about that about sharon so back to sharon is like i think sharon got fed up because it's pretty insulting to watch your partner your wife like they're married allegedly that's what it said on the wikipedia page i wasn't sure they did they say they were married in the movie i I don't think so but i think you're supposed to kind of just assume that they are yeah yeah so watching Um, your your spouse they acted they i mean they didn't really act like they were married it was Mm -hmm. very like a very not affectionate relationship you hardly i mean as, as i said before yeah and i wanted to get into that as well but um so share like watching your partner your Mm -hmm. spouse your partner uh, just be openly like infatuated with with another person unashamedly and just like you know doing whatever it takes to to just put this new person on a pedestal like she right. took her to new york with her yeah and because there well, were protesters was like oh well francesca quit and i was like well yeah with good reason <laughs> yeah um and 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 i needed someone to carry my bags i was like you don't have arms well she you- said her back was hurting her mm-hmm which obviously I mean, it was. I mean you can it see was. through you can see through that because yeah. you know she had the nostalgic whatever that she yeah. thought was nostalgic and so um i don't know what's so called, but. anyway sharon was like 
why didn't and then all these allegations came to light and mm-hmm. sharon was like why didn't you tell me about any of these and she's like well i didn't want to upset you and and sharon was like this is this is what we are we help each other we navigate like the politics of everything together like we're yeah. a team and tara was just like well and then sharon was like when you first came to berlin that's what brought us together you were asking me about the dynamics and and why wouldn't you consult me about this and so i think it was just like too many things stacked Mm. against them and and she'd had enough and i like how tara tried to insult her like tried to like the tactic i think was to put the blame more on sharon and she's like how dare you pretty typical narcissistic behavior (laughs) say that our our relationship is yeah. transactional and, and she never took like, the she never took responsibility for no. it she was like and sharon, sharon why are you thinking why are you acting this way and i was like and sharon was like the, the only mirror, Tar, like the what? only relationship you have in your life that's not transactional where you're like wheeling and dealing no, to get she what said you want petra is was petra. The, oh yeah yeah oh yeah sorry okay sorry all right i don't okay no anyway I, i'm okay no and, and, <laughs> and, and, and so it was like yeah like that was the only peer relationship she had mm-hmm. was with the little girl yeah and, and she um, like barely had a relationship mm-hmm. with her but i um, wanted to talk about when tar first came home after after in the beginning of the movie she came back to berlin and she walked into the apartment she shared with Sharon. Sharon, Sharon's. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let me, let me just fix my, my thing is falling off my head. Okay. Feel like you just stepped out of the salon. <laughs> salon selectives. It's commercial. <laughs> okay, anyway. Like, What's that from? Um, so she walks into the apartment. She's been away from her family for who knows how long. A mm-hmm. couple days, a week, you don't really know. Right. And she, the first thing she says is, do you have some sort of agreement with the energy company? Like, bitching about the lights being on. And I was just like, oh, that would drive me nuts that if that would was make the me, greeting that yeah. my partner did when we... And then, and then she was like... That relationship would have not well, lasted. And then Sharon was having some sort of... I don't know if she was having, like, AFib or, like, a palpitation or, like, yeah. a panic attack. But her heartbeat was, like, racing. Right. And she's like, all of my medication is gone. And you learned in the scene before that that tar has been taking her wife's medication oh i didn't realize that and so and francesca had like like the prescription refilled for tar in new york and so tar was like she went and she secretly got one of the medicines that should go to her wife and she's like i found this in the drawer is this what you need is this the right one her wife isn't stupid i can't believe i didn't know yeah i didn't realize that i mean like so i I think it's interesting that tar thinks that she's got so much in control and she hides so much from sharon so much yeah sharon cannot be fooled she knows what's going on the whole time yeah and yeah, she's, she's a just, smart cookie. She's just, not you're unaware just lucky that yeah. she's letting it slide. Uh, yeah. Well, Tar. I mean, I think that Sharon, as far as like partners go, is kind of perfect for Tar because she kind of just lets her get away with whatever. And I think it's probably likely because she doesn't want to tear up their relationship because of their daughter. You know. Um, and I mean. And she, or she could really love her and hope that things will change. You know, anyone can stick in any sort of shitty relationship 
long enough if you you know convince yourself of things it happens it happens all the time uh but it's it's just like it is it's just so sad that tar's just i mean she doesn't care she's a narcissist she's running all over the world she's private jetting all over the world which i was like bad ass like i know right i mean like live in the dream like how can i yeah. be rich enough to have a private jet is the question that i want the answer to I know. immediately uh, yeah. <laughs> um so I would just drive it to like fly it to the grocery store, <laughs> right? It'd be like, yeah. oh, I'm just gonna go take my private jet. <laughs> um, do you think that Tar only hold held auditions, even though Goja was kind of seemed like she was gonna play that part? That um, what was it? The Elgar's piece, Elgar's mm-hmm. piece. Do you think that she only held auditions so she could, like, choose Olga without it being, like, too obvious? I think so. That's what I thought. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I think she wanted to give it to Olga, but Olga wasn't a member of the symphony. So then when everybody chose her, she's like, well, I guess we have to, you know, pick somebody else. And they're like, oh, well, wait we can she can do it so it's like everyone's making the decision she's not the one that's making the decision even though yeah. she orchestrated very manipulative the situation yeah. yeah um there's a character named britta which i thought was funny because yeah. i never heard that in any other terms other than community so yeah. it was and like the water uh, filter <laughs> britta unfiltered <laughs> um so do you think sharon and gosha were maybe sisters I thought they were sisters, maybe. I don't know. They mentioned her sister, but I don't know. I know. I, kind I never of put like it together got a, that yeah. she would be a sister. I kind of got like a vibe that they were related. Oh. Yeah. I don't. I don't it, it has no, there's no like evidence or any sort of basis in like, lo, like fact. It was just a feeling. Hmm. So I don't know. I was curious it's what possible, you thought. It's possible, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I really liked how Tar, um, I really liked how Tar talked to herself. It would like hum. Like when she heard that weird noise, like that, she was like, walking around singing it. And Mm -hmm. then, like, when she's repeating up the radio, like the NPR thing, it's like, I eat ears, and so should you. And she's like, I eat ears, and so should you. (laughs) And I think that that's a very interesting and intimate and realistic portrayal of somebody, like a real person, because I do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, um, and I mean, all day I've been walking around singing Miley Cyrus. So, yeah, like, you know? I haven't, so. I haven't seen that portrayed in a movie very often that I can think of, and I, I don't know if it's partly Kate Blanchett's charm that did it, or if it's just because it's it's rarely seen in a movie. But I, I found it really endearing, and I, I found it really realistic, and I, I liked it. I do too. It's just such a like a, such a small, minute detail that's almost inconsequential. But it really adds to, like, her character. And I, I think well, it's a neat addition. They say the devil's in the details. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so. Oh, there was one other thing. I liked that. Uh, this is another little detail that I'm sure is a real detail. Like, it's really happened. But I liked how she could tell the conductor on a piece of music just by listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like, when the Mahler like the fifth symphony came on the radio in the morning she was like which conductor is this oh it's so and so with the such and such you know yeah i mean that's that's pretty cool it is it is pretty cool yeah it's like um it's it's almost as cool as how good i am with choosing up picking up voices yeah <laughs> which was, i've been re-watching fraser and uh one of the episodes one of the the people calling in i was like is that mel brooks i think that's mel brooks and then i looked it up and i was like no i'm like 
Oh, smell Brooks. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Vegan dinner. <laughs> Doesn't have the same. No, it does not. Oh, okay. I wrote this down. So we were talking about the Messenger app, the video app. I thought maybe it seemed like maybe Olga was also using it. Was did you catch that or is that no? Okay, I don't know. I thought maybe Olga and Francesca were talking through the app oh, about maybe. Tar. It's yeah. possible. Um, and maybe I mean, kind of. I kind of like had a little theory that maybe Francesca had kind of like like some i mean this is probably like not at all true but had like brought olga in to kind of like topple tar's empire in a way but i don't i don't think that's really as, as i finished the movie i was like mm, no i, I don't, don't think, think francesca it. would do that because francesca wouldn't have wanted to like potentially put someone there that tar would like more than her which started oh, yeah. happening yeah yeah. yeah 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 i mean i think francesca after krista died that she was just like i just think she was just like i can't i can't work work with this woman anymore it would be pretty eye-opening to have somebody that you were close with like two people that were close to another person to hear somebody say like we gotta forget about her we gotta erase everything you know like just washing their hands of somebody after they've committed suicide like that would be pretty eye-opening and i think somebody who wouldn't reevaluate that relationship might have problems you know yeah yeah for sure um i think olga just i mean like tar just happened to see her in the bathroom and became like infatuated with just that glimpse yeah and so then she saw the shoes beneath the like the screen that was blocking her and she manipulated it so olga got in because she was like infatuated with the small glimpse right so i don't think it was francesca she was just falling in love with everyone she saw um well not falling in love i don't think narcissists can fall in love to be honest with you i think they can love one person one person alone and that's themselves so um so what do you do you have anything else um oh 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 oh, that's right okay so i wanted to uh talk about the neighbors so that the stringy haired neighbor that came over and was like talking about the newspaper or something and then we uh, she comes over later and she and the like mother had fallen or something like that and so she helps her up uh that was very that was, unpleasant yeah that was a weird like because tar's like imme- she goes in and she immediately like you can see this like her whole face is like disgusted she's smelling something really gross and then she helps the woman up who's just like laying on the floor moaning she's like, like a, a like an elderly woman but she's like a skeleton yeah yeah um and then then later we see a body bag being taken out well, well i was gonna say that tar she goes back home and she immediately starts washing herself in the sink yeah like putting soap all over so she was really disgusted about being there um and we later see the the mother's body being carried away in like a bag and or in a body bag and it's just very strange like just the difference between the like stringy haired sister who really kind of struck me as being mentally incapable of taking care of her mother you know mm-hmm. like i didn't think that yeah, she should have been that she was institutionalized after yeah, that yeah and so so 
like and she didn't she didn't seem like she was taking care of herself either you know her hair was always greasy again i said stringy um but then you see her sister who's like selling the apartment and the sister's very well dressed she looks like she has a lot of money um like i mean everyone who's with her her husband they're all very well dressed like they look like affluent people you know so i thought it was just very strange that like if they have a lot of money why are they sticking um this the sister who seems like she's mentally ill with the mother to take care of her when that i mean we don't know because you don't really ever get into it but um but then they're like (laughs) coming to the apartment and they're like hey we've heard your music playing can you like maybe just play it at a certain time and of course like the first thing tar does is she's like (laughs) well i'm happy to provide a performance for you (laughs) no big deal (laughs) you know and and uh they're like that's not really what we meant we meant like you know can you be quiet sometimes so we can show this place and she takes out her what was it a an accordion yeah accordion is like screaming and yelling about them i like it she makes a little song yeah Yeah. and they say and so i tried to look up the place i tried to look up the facility and and wherever this this uh, city was i can't remember anymore but i I didn't do a deep dive in it. I kind of just very casually looked to see if there's maybe anything in there. But I was wondering because she said we put your put my sister in prison or put your sister in prison or something well, like she that. She was singing that because they implied that they put her in an institution. Right, right. I know. So but she I was, was wondering was it a prison? Okay, okay. Yeah. I was wondering if it was like a literal prison or if it was like oh no, I don't just a mental. So. I it was a mental, mental facility. Yeah. I I thought that that was very odd and. I don't know how essential that fully was to the plot. Yeah, but I it don't was know. an interesting I aspect. Think that there was the interesting like I didn't care for the mother scene. I think the yeah. movie would have been fine without that. But I did like how she thought that the sister was like gonna was like coming to the door to pay her a compliment <laughs> for the music. But yeah. really, they were like, we don't want people to not want to move in because you're playing music, right? And, and I, I, I thought just, that was really funny. I mean, it was so like she's immediately like, oh, thank you, and then she's like shutting the door, and they're like, stop, don't shut the door. <laughs> We weren't complimenting you. Yeah, we don't want people to be scared away by the fact that it's noisy and here. She was like, "How absolute dare She's you? Like, oh, we wouldn't want that, would we?" Uh, yeah. Um, I liked. Uh, so when everything fell apart, her marriage fell apart, her job fell apart. Mm-hmm. So she attacked Mark Strong's character. So they they sort of fired they fired her from the symphony production, mm-hmm. and Mark Strong like a little sniveling weasel got that got the position and she like it was such snuck a different in role from how i've seen him usually attacked him when he was yeah conducting on stage in front of so hundreds she of basically people. lost her job she lost her position she's you know like ostracized and uh so she went back home and i like that she was at home and she was sort of watching an old videotape mm-hmm. of somebody just talking about how music is beautiful and music you know like rediscovering the joy of music and her brother came home and you find out that her real name is linda mm-hmm. and i yeah. thought that was interesting so she changed it to lydia tar with like an like a accent mm-hmm. over the a but it's like linda tar t-a-r-r is like her real right. name yeah so she's because well, i like, was wondering as i was seeing the accent over the the letter i was like is it pronounced differently yeah. you know and then immediately there's someone who's interviewing her and they use tar and i was yeah. like okay so it's just like the it's like substance f- that you fancy. put on your driveway you yeah know? so um yeah yeah so she's i mean <laughs> just the pretentiousness of of lydia linda whatever you know i mean unbelievable it seems like she really like 
left this world behind of of everyone that she deems is like less than like worthy of her time or whatever you know her her brother because her brother seemed like he was kind of just like a salt of the earth kind of down to earth guy like a blue collar yeah like yeah. just like a like a just a dude like a regular guy you know and and she was um you know she's probably like well, you work in construction and I'm a conductor. So I'm so much better than you. It's like, okay, well, you know, buildings need to be built. So maybe like, you know, calm down on the uh, narcissism there about 50% and then double that. And so like 100%. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and I, li- yeah. I like how her early in the movie, Francesca's like, your mom wants to come visit. And she's like, not right now another time and then when she goes to the house even the mom isn't even there yeah so and then she (laughs) leaves right away and i wanted to talk about the ending so Mm -hmm. so she goes to i think it's thailand uh philippines she goes to the philippines Mm -hmm. and they're sitting there and she's being greeted by these people she's she's going to be conducting a symphony and they were like she's like oh i thought maybe the composer would come from osaka to see to see it but she's not here and you're like oh so she's got a job again and uh and then you see the rehearsal and she's like all right let's all think about like she's with with the band you know the orchestra and she's like let's think about what the composer what the vision of the composer was in the song and so you're like oh okay like when i was watching that scene my initial thought was that like so she's basically she's sort of fringe now Mm -hmm. she's conducting symphonies in much smaller markets but she's finding work but it's nothing as prestigious as the berlin philharmonic or or new york or anything like that right she's in the philippines somewhere and uh and then the reveal is that she's playing she's conducting a symphony for like an anime or a video game <laughs> convention video game, yeah because the, yeah. the last shot of the movie is them like panning over the crowd and they're all like cosplay <laughs> and i really liked that um there was one there was one woman in the audience who had like the biggest hat ever and i got immediately pissed i was like D- what about the person behind you wants to fucking see <laughs> yeah like, so yeah. annoyed um I also wanted to talk about the spa. I did too. The spa yes. was very strange. So yeah, I don't under quite understand it. I don't really. So I kind of assumed it was like um, a happy endings type of spa. I wondered that, but it looked so classy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. So I don't know legally if like how the you know Philippines feels about prostitution. It could be legal there. I don't know, um, but. It was just very strange that, like, this this room of, like, submissive young women, and you, like, get to choose one. None of them have names. They're all numbers. And then, like, number five looks up and, and, like, stares at her, and she immediately runs out, and she throws up. She gets Mm -hmm. sick. And I was, like, I was kind of just, like, what? What is happening? You know, because... I don't know if that was something that she was, like, going to go through with until the woman met her eyes and she, like, maybe understood that she was, like, a a person, like, a human being, you know, that you're staring at instead of just a sexual object or whatever, uh... Or what? Or or what? But I like. What are what are your thoughts on well, that? I I don't know. I'm confused because yeah. she said to the the concierge at the hotel. She's like, I. She was like, kind of moving her shoulders around. She's like, I really need a massage. Is there some place to go for a good massage? Yeah, and she was jet so lagged too. Yeah, and so then you see her next scene in this very nice looking 
super nice massage yeah, parlor yeah. or something or and like the hotel spa. she was staying at didn't even seem that it nice didn't either seem that nice no. but this looked like a spa like a right. nice spa and the woman was like yeah you just go over to the window and pick a number and she's she like, called what? it a fish bowl am i like yeah, yeah she's like what what am i am i like a store or something or yeah, she's she like says a something fish bowl. and she looks at these women like mm. you said mm-hmm. and then and i wasn't sure like is this all was this all code word like i need a massage was this code word for like i need a brothel or did, was she actually right. looking for a massage right because if it's code someone has to spell it out for me because i don't know what to tell you i don't frequent filipino uh yeah. brothels where you need a code word i have right. no in <laughs> my head <laughs> in my head she needed a massage and right. then the fact that she picked number five i was like is she puking because she didn't get to conduct Mahler's Fifth Symphony. What is the significance of right. any of this? Because I, I, it would have been much more clear if she had said to the concierge, "Like, I need a massage." If you know what I mean, right? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, she'd no, been I don't like, think she'd wink. ever. I don't think she'd ever <laughs> use that terminology. But they needed to do something besides just like showing her in physical pain and asking for a massage because it was. Very I did not strange. understand yeah, that scene at all. I didn't. I didn't get that either. And I, I was kind of just like, what? And I, I still don't. I still don't get I it. Don't I don't either. I actually think I mentioned in this slate article. Let me just look at this up real quick. Okay, so uh, this in that slate article it says, um, quote. At a massage parlor in that unnamed Asian city, she stands before a chamber, the fishbowl, in which a score of young women await selection, an overt enactment of the subtle power dynamic Lydia has been taking advantage of for years. You just pick a number, the receptionist tells her. Who is the woman who, who, is the woman who in the dreamlike moment, looks up? The woman who makes eye contact with Lydia and sends her into the street, retching. Number five... If it all seems too neat to be real, perhaps that's because it is. Um, and it's like, well, what what they say is like, um, what does it all mean? Is it a dream that? And he doesn't know either. So, oh, okay. um, but it says it, one of the things it says is, uh, think of this film instead as a journey through a haunted forest, like the ones the Grimm's wrote about. Like the one where Lydia hears the scream. We wend our way down ever darker paths, becoming less and less certain of what is real and what is not. By presenting the reality of Tar as increasingly subjective, Field is demanding that we question everything we see on the big screen and receive the film as a mix of plot and psychology, incident and nightmare, all coming back around to the life, dreams, and the fears of the incomparable Lydia Tar. So, it's interesting. So they don't really... Maybe it's just like everything i mean i guess it's maybe it's just everything kind of hit her all at once and the you know like as this person had written that she had been working this power dynamic for so long and now it's more evident than ever with these women who are literally sitting waiting to be picked like it's such a creepy unsettling Mm -hmm. thing like the whole experience is like i mean they're like sitting there with their knees you know tucked in like they're they're holding trays like it's very it's just very like it makes you feel immediately like what's happening here it almost seemed sex trafficky a little bit it did seem sex trafficky to me but i that's where i was confused because 
I didn't think that what she asked was for like give right. me give me a spa where the women are trafficked. Yeah, I <laughs> I, know, I assumed that she was just like I just need to relieve some tension in my yeah. back because I'm in pain, you mm-hmm. know, and and she was jet lagged, um, but yeah, so it was. Yeah, I guess neither of us really have any sort of insight on that. And I just, I don't think maybe we're ever supposed to as the viewer, you know? Yeah, maybe not. So, would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I think I would. Um, It's good for a watch. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It's a very good performance. I can see why she's getting all the accolades. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting story. And it's a cool world. Yeah, they, like we hardly ever get a glimpse into like the world of uh, elite conductors. No, I, so I would say twice in my life one was whiplash. Um, like I said, um, <laughs> safe in my apartment, watching it, f- watching a fictionalized account of fictionalized people. I really liked her character. Um, she was she was a very so interesting character. I don't. I, I'm not saying that I liked what she did. I'm just right. saying I I. You like her really as her a character. character. Yeah, yeah, I like her I as a character. It. Like Denzel Washington in Training Day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you like they're experts in their field. I like Scarlett O'Hara. I like her as a character. <laughs> as a person, she's terrible, but she's the original hot psycho girl. So that's my that's my jam. So so I would I would definitely <laughs> recommend it. It's on Peacock. Yes. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I think I would. Um, I think especially if you like Whiplash, you're gonna like this movie. I. Um, actually liked whiplash more but <laughs> i would say that i think whiplash is a better movie because it has it's more the, emotional the dynamic I think. between because i don't i think that fletcher was always sort of trying to coax genius out of yeah what's his name rooster but <laughs> is that his name in uh <laughs> top gun <laughs> but i don't think tar wanted to like I don't remember his character. <laughs> I don't think Tar wanted anyone to be greater than her. Oh no, for I sure not. I think she not. wanted no. to like the reason she wanted to bed them is because she wanted to like by osmosis get their giftedness. Yes, yeah. yeah, she wanted to. She wanted to use their talent to get further in her career, yeah. essentially. Yeah, but disguised because they as said that them. they would give her like she'd do professional favors for yeah. them and like a mm-hmm. sexual yeah. Anyway, um, so you yeah, you said I would, you would I'd recommend, recommend it. it. Um, I I have to say, John, I think that you have great taste in movies i have to say that so um i really appreciate you you know recommending this to us and thank you so much and you know recommend more man because yeah. you got you got a certain taste and i dig it so you guys can follow us on instagram at watchers and movies or facebook at watchers and movies if you have a recommendation you can do a couple of things you can either dm us on social media you can also email us at watchers and movies at gmail.com and you can also visit our website that's watchersandmovies.weebly.com and thank you so much to mike for our theme music yeah you can find him on twitter at the mike show 42 his name is mike myers thank you mike thanks mike and that's it Bye-bye. bye bye